Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Barefoot Office. My tea light is lit in my luminaria. Across the room, my shoes are off. My sweatpants are on. I've done some work in my workbook for my recovery program. Texted with some friends. And now I'm ready to spend some time with Jesus. And with you. It's Sunday, so we leave the Gospel of Matthew to jump into the appointed Gospel reading for the Sunday from the weekly lectionary, which is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, 16 through 30. In our Lectio practice, we'll read three times and ask, what word or phrase stuck out to you? And where do you see God in this text? And how is God speaking to you in this text that we read today? And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as he was accustomed to do, he entered the synagogue on the day of the Sabbath and stood up to read. And a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And having opened the scroll, he found the place where it was written, a spirit of the Lord is upon me, hence he has anointed me to announce good tidings to the destitute. He has sent me out to proclaim release to captives and sight to the blind, to send to the downtrodden forth in liberty, to proclaim the Lord's acceptable year. And, having closed the scroll and returning it to the attendant, he sat, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were gazing at him. And he began by saying to them, Today in your ears the scripture has been fulfilled. And all professed their admiration for him, and were amazed at the words of grace coming out of his mouth. And they said, Is this man not Joseph's son? And he said to them, Surely you will quote me this parable. Physician, heal yourself. The things we heard were happening in Capernaum. Do them here as well in your native country. And he said, Amen, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And I tell you the truth. There were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was sealed up for over three years and six months, as a great famine took place over all the land. And to none of them was Elijah sent, except to a widowed woman of Sarepta in Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And all in the synagogue were filled with rage when they heard these things. And rising up, they drove him outside the city and led him to the edge of the mountain on which their city was built so as to throw him down. But he passed through their midst and went away. What word or phrase stuck out to you? I liked the words of grace coming out of his mouth.
and then also the Lord's acceptable year, which I wish said Jubilee, but doesn't. I'm sorry for yawning. I don't know why I think it's that I have it. Oh, spoken out loud or done anything but sit for the last mm, hour and change, hour and a half. And so my body's reacting to using so much oxygen now to speak. The second time, as we read, where do you see God in these words? And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and, as he was accustomed to do, he entered the synagogue on the day of the Sabbath and stood up to read. And a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and having opened the scroll, he found the place where it was written, A spirit of the Lord is upon me, hence he has anointed me to announce good tidings to the destitute. He has sent me out to proclaim release to captives and sight to the blind, to send the downtrodden forth in liberty, to proclaim the Lord's acceptable year. And, having closed the scroll and returning it to the attendant, he sat, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were gazing at him. And he began by saying to them, Today in your ears this scripture has been fulfilled. And all professed their admiration for him, and were amazed at the words of grace coming out of his mouth. And they said, Is this man not Joseph's son? And he said to them, Surely you will quote me this parable. Physician, heal yourself. The things we heard were happening in Capernaum. Do them here as well in your native country. And he said, Amen, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And I tell you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was sealed up for over three years and six months, as a great famine took place over all the land. And to none of them was Elijah sent, except to a widowed woman of Sarepta in Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And all in the synagogue were filled with rage when they heard these things. And rising up, they drove him outside the city and led him to the edge of the mountain on which their city was built so as to throw him down. But he passed through their midst and went away. Where do you see God in this text? I think it's interesting the turn that the people take from they were amazed at the words of grace coming out of his mouth to they took him to the mountain on which their city was built so as to throw him down well which is it were they amazed at the words of grace or did they want to kill him and yet it was both and thinking about the light and the shadow within myself it makes sense because I love the people who praise me make me feel good affirm me show me love and grace and yet I'm afraid of the people who are angry and push me to do better frustrate me and put limits on me I imagine 
It's the same with my six and a half year old son sleeping in front of me on the floor who had a very difficult day and a difficult weekend. He wants me to play with him, but he wants to control me. He wants to have lightsaber battles, but we have to do them exactly scripted as he says them. He wants my attention and my love, but he doesn't want my freedom or my input, my control or my boundaries. So I suspect in some measure are we all wanting words of grace and not wanting to hear the ugly truths about ourselves. Mm. Mm. So how do we face the ugly truths about ourselves on our own? And how do we give ourselves grace on our own? so that we don't rush to kill those who point the things out that we dread to have pointed out. This is a thing I don't know how to do. Perhaps I'll learn in the 12 steps, but for now, it's enough to say I don't know. This third time, (sighs) pardon me, as we read, what is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as he was accustomed to do, he entered the synagogue on the day of the Sabbath and stood up to read. And a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And having opened the scroll, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hence he has anointed me to announce good tidings to the destitute. He has sent me out to proclaim release to captives and sight to the blind, to send the downtrodden forth in liberty, to proclaim the Lord's acceptable year. And, having closed the scroll and returning it to the attendant, he sat, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were gazing at him. And he began by saying to them, Today in your ears this scripture has been fulfilled. And all professed their admiration for him, and were amazed at the words of grace coming out of his mouth. And they said, Is this man not Joseph's son? And he said to them, Surely you will quote me this parable. Physician, heal yourself. The things we heard were happening in Capernaum. Do them here as well in your native country. And he said, Amen, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And I tell you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was sealed up for over three years and six months, as a great famine took place over all the land. And to none of them was Elijah sent, except to a widowed woman of Sarepta in Sidon. 
And there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And all in the synagogue were filled with rage when they heard these things. And rising up, they drove him outside the city and led him to the edge of the mountain on which their city was built so as to throw him down. But he passed through their midst and went away. (laughs) What is God calling you to do or to be in this passage, this text? this story about Jesus. All three times reading it, that scroll from Isaiah that Jesus reads is a great favorite of Yale Divinity School, where I did my seminary degree and It's because those things proclaim release to the captive and sight to the blind. They're all things that have more to do with social justice than with individual redemption. That's too simple a distinction to draw, but it really is kind of about a place that found itself unfailingly liberal and progressive in its theology in contradistinction to places that find themselves conservative and usually evangelical in their theology. And Jesus stands up and reads the scroll from Isaiah and says, Today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And many people would want to say or point out And why shouldn't it be the same for us any time we read this passage to say this has been fulfilled? This is the work we are to do. Proclaim good news to the poor, release of the captive, sight to the blind. This is the work of God or of the church. And it's good work to do. There was something else I wanted to go. Oh, it's, you know, kind of wanting to pick a bone with Jesus a little bit. Why doesn't Jesus heal in his hometown? What you get is Jesus making an assumption that he wouldn't be honored in his hometown. And based on that assumption, he gives kind of a scathing critique and points out some uncomfortable truths that are truths from the scripture, the Old Testament scripture and stories of the prophets. And yet, why doesn't he just do it? Shouldn't a God of grace and love and acceptance heal everywhere he goes? He makes an assumption and he just writes them off and performs no miracles there and moves on. And I just find that to be strange that it's scriptural and yet I find it to be wholly true of my own experience. I assume that 
a friend won't understand what I'm going through, and so I don't bother to try to explain it to them. I assume that my parents or authority figures will judge me for a mistake that I'm making and keep making over and over again, and so I don't ask for help to find a way out. I assume that a spouse won't understand something that brings me joy, and so I hoard it for myself. I assume that my children won't listen when I set a boundary over them, and so I don't bother to try. And so ruled by what I expect to be the reactions of other people, I don't act. In Adult Children of Alcoholics, one of the laundry list traits is we became reactors rather than actors. And that's one of the traits that I identify most strongly with. Being a reactor. And so I know God is calling me, my inner child, my true self, my higher power is calling me to become an actor, to live and enjoy my own life, to please myself to create the life and the home, the spirit, the peace that I want to live in. But it's hard and it's scary and it's a lot of responsibility. And I just don't know how much energy or hope or strength I have for it. So tonight, I guess it will be enough to take the questions from step three that I was working on and to rewrite them as prayers and just to pray, please be with me no matter what. And please help me let go of my most glaring controlling behaviors. And maybe even please help me be an actor rather than a reactor so that I can learn to expect the best and get it. The prayer for the fifth week of Easter. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours. Hope that you might even find the joy to be truly your own self, to be an actor who expects the best and can get it and will go and get it for yourself and find that that creates in you a blazing light of God getting brighter all the time, the light of God which is in you, the light of God which you are always. Mm-hmm.